that community spirit is in a library. Like people might not necessarily be talking to each other, mm-hmm. but they're around each other. And I think that's a really nice feeling when, you yeah. know. Yeah, and it's a nice message to send out to children as well. It's like, wherever you are in the world, you've got a library. Yeah. Here's your library card, You're, you, you belong here. Yeah. Hello, and welcome back to the Vintage Podcast with me, Lena Norms. Christmas is coming, you might have noticed. And the big question is, where will your bookish hangout of choice be during these dark, cosy days? Personally, we are off to the library. Any library will do, but particularly today, we're off to the Crawley Library and also the Liverpool Library to chat to some lovely librarians about the meaning of libraries, what they're like to work in at Christmas, and of course, to nab some cracking recommendations because everybody knows that librarians give the best bookish recommendations so i am serving you those towards the end of the podcast so hang on for those but first off we are off to liverpool i am here snuggled up in the liverpool library with simon savage hi simon how are you i'm right thank you how are you i'm really good i'm feeling really christmasy um the library's looking very christmasy we've got some christmas trees around is it because i'm dressed as a snowman it's also because you're dressed as a full-on snowman um and i wanted to quiz you about libraries at christmas um because i think they're really magical places to be um they're free places to be which is more important um, especially at Christmas when everything's really expensive uh, and uh, yeah I'm just really excited to see more of the library now you've been showing me around the library we're going to put some of the footage on Instagram stories so you can all feel like you were there um, but there's lots of wood around there's lots of old books and um, lots of uh, kind of circular rooms yeah I mean that was a Victorian thing I mean it's weird because when you walk up to the library it's this huge grand Victorian dame then you walk in it's like being in Star Trek yes it's, it's <laughs> definitely like the old meets the yes. new it's like a spaceship has landed in Victorian museum um but yeah, and there's a statue in the middle of one of the rooms you showed me of the uh, this uh, what's the what's the guy's Ken name? Ken Dodd. Ken Dodd. Ken Dodd, the comedian with his he's feather a, dusters. He's a comedian, but what was his other accolade? So he used to come to use the library all the time, and mm-hmm. sometimes could be quite bad with fines. Right. So he has <laughs> he has a little bust there. He does, which we, we've very kindly been given by his wife because after he died, it was she was aware how much he loved the libraries and how passionate he was about the library Well, probably because all of your books were still in his house. <laughs> well, no, because... Amnesty. His house was, like, full of books anyway. Mm. Um, and actually, it was music he used to come here for more than anything oh. else. Yeah, he'd just come in. And he was always, like, all the stories about him. I never had the pleasure of meeting him, but all the stories about him were how chilled he was. And he could just go and sort of hide in a corner and just mm. be himself for a bit and not Ken Dodd. Yeah. Um, so what are some things that you like about working in a library? The books. Obs. <laughs> Surrounded all the time. The smell is great. Yes, it is. Especially in the sort of older bits. Mm. Um, I think it's the fact that as well, you get to see all walks of life. Mm. Um, I've had one of like my dream moments in my life was when, it was last year, I've not been here that long, and um, I had my badge on because I don't wear suits or anything at work. I'm not I'm not very librarian like that. I should be. I'm not. Um, <laughs> You're supposed to be wearing like woolly cardigans. Isn't that no, the, the uniform? No, that's a myth. Okay. <laughs> I haven't seen any woolly cardigans. I'm very disappointed. Or the woolly tank tops. No, none of those here. Well. I had a, a little girl came up to me in Discover, which is our children's library, and she sort of did this, excuse me, Mr. Library Man. And I was like, yes. <laughs> and she's like, how many books can I take out? And I was like, you can take out 15. And her eyes just went as oh, wide as anything. Sorry. And that was the highlight of my year, pretty much. Also, we need to get a t-shirt that says Mr. Library Man. Yeah. <laughs> I need that <laughs> going forward. Definitely. <laughs> One of the things that we're working on at the moment is um, doing Baby's First Library Card. So as soon as a child is born in Liverpool, they will get a library card as part oh. of their... Just so that from the off, 
Um, we did have quite an interesting time with it. I'm allowed to say the story, I think. The first live, because it's got liver birds on it, mm-hmm. and the first ones were really sinister. Oh, really? <laughs> so now we've got this really camp rainbow, lovely one. Love it. He's great. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so that's, and I think it's about um, that community spirit is in a library. Like, people might not necessarily be talking to each other, mm-hmm. but they're around each other. And I think that's a really nice feeling when, you yeah. know. Yeah, and it's a nice message to send out to children as well. It's like, wherever you are in the world, you've got a library. Yeah. Here's your library card. You're, you you belong here. Yeah. Um, so tell me what changes about the library at Christmas. You've obviously got lots of decorations up, which is lovely. We do. Weirdly, at Christmas, we go quieter. Mm-hmm. And I think we should be busier. Right. And this is something that we've been talking about quite a lot, actually, is how um, I think people, like you're saying, at Christmas need something free to do with their families. It's also a nice day out. It's a beautiful building. But also we forget about people who might not have families that they can be with in libraries. One thing that I love about libraries and I'm so passionate about them for is that anybody can come here when we're open. Obviously we're closed on Christmas Day and Boxing Day and New Year's Day, but other than that we're open. Mm-hmm. And so it's a safe, warm, happy environment for people to be able to come to, even if we're not necessarily having Santa on a sleigh whizzing around the building, but you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. And I think also like in the way society's set up a lot of the time you can be around people in your own class bracket or your own interests and very much be in your workplace and then in the home and it's a nice public spaces are so important yeah. to meet new people and And also like we don't have we're quite chilled about noise here. We're not like a shh you've got to be really quiet. And what's really lovely about Picton, which is our old domed, huge mm. three story Victorian room is naturally it makes people quiet and it's really hard to find places in cities where you just get quiet natural like, quiet yeah. yeah and it doesn't feel forced or anything it's just it's a really respectful silence it's lovely yeah and it's it kind of reminds me of grand central station and i feel like if i whispered on one end you'd be yeah, able to does. hear That's me on the happens. other <gasps> yeah it's amazing yes, we'll have to try that later so i very rarely get to go into libraries this old and I want to know all of the facts <laughs> and I believe that you are the Tamagotchi the Tamagotchi the Pokedex <laughs> of Liverpool Library Facts so do you want me to just try yeah what, do you just give you fire questions at me and I'll see if I can answer them okay how many books so we have over 200,000 books and that's I think lovely. that's just in our archive so we've that's, probably that's got not more even like, the ones that are no, out we've probably got more like 300,000 plus Plus all of our archive photos, music, mm. the works. Ridiculous. What's your oldest book? Ooh, that's probably an Annie question. Um, I know we've got a micrographia, which is like one of the original first ever when people invented microscopes and then they drew like, so we've got this huge flea, <laughs> which cool. sounds weird. Um, we've also got like um, siblings, which we'll show you later. Actually, we've got some siblings of books that were lost in the Titanic. Um, really? We've got um, Queen Elizabeth First Letters. We've got so we've got a huge, huge. Yeah, we've actually got one thing that we found. I love this story. This was the conservator before last. She was going through this book of um, Italian illustrations. I flicked through and one said Raphael, and she was like, "Oh come on, it can't be. It must have been a student of sent yeah. it away, and it is a Raphael." So we have a Raphael oh, yeah. here. Uh, we've also got the Audubon, which is one of the most famous series of books because each one is worth nine million. So that's quite a big bird. It's a big book. responsibility. It is. We saw that book. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot. It's in its own special case. So one of them's always on permanent display, and then the other three have really nice beds. I have a question about that, because why... You need a bookshelf to keep that on if you're going to buy it for £9 million. <laughs> where, where are you going to put it? Well, no, what weirdly, are people doing with it? They weren't originally books, they were just prints. Oh, right. So um, if you were super-duper-duper duper rich, you could then put them in a book. And what I love about William Brown, who created this library, is the reason that he built this whole area for museums and the arts and obviously the library was he wanted it to be for the public so if people couldn't come to the library he asked them for money for the launch 
and it was a donation of a thousand pounds, which back then in the sort of late eighteen hundreds was a lot of money, was what bought us the order bond, and it's for the people of Liverpool. So we own it, but yeah. we own it on behalf of the city. We don't actually own it physically as ours, which is why we can never sell it. Ah, oh, because it's yeah owned by the whole really the people of Liverpool. And what's until recently. If you wanted to, you could have an order bomb brought upstairs with 48 hours notice. We've stopped that now because they're, they're slowly sort of falling apart, which we're going to let them naturally do. Um, but you can, you know, ask for any of our archive books for 48 yeah, hours notice and we'll bring them they're up. they're owned by the people. Yeah, yeah the that's people. what we're here for. We're here to serve the people. <laughs> it's a bit haunted, isn't it? Yeah, so we have apparently William who throws books at people. Um, we have he's the a play- ghost. Yes, apparently. There's <laughs> he's a re- not a staff member, just, <laughs> well, just to be clear. <laughs> no, he's not. How can you imagine? <laughs> but a story that I love is that um, at night it can be really, really creepy. Mm. And in the Picton Room particularly, and apparently one of our security guards went up to the Picton Room, and this is a true story, and um, they were looking around and it had gone dark and they saw a nun start mm. to come round towards them. And she got closer and closer and he just froze, he couldn't move. And then when she got really close, she said, can you let me out, please? I've been stuck in it. <laughs> and it was a real nun. <laughs> I love that story. Oh, it was, it was um, like uh, just a, a library user. Yeah. She wasn't okay. No. <laughs> Another good story um, is when they did the Picton redevelopment, because we had a rebuild in 2013. They went into, the Picton's actually got um, a corridor inside the dome. Most domes do. They have like a double dome. Um, and when they opened the door, they hadn't since the Victorian era. And whoever had closed it had left boots, trousers and a jacket sat in like a human form. <gasps> so it was like the best joke ever to terrify someone <laughs> 200 years later. <laughs> what they did is they were probably like, I'm yeah. going to really screw with the next person yeah. who opens this door, not knowing it would be 200 years. So yeah, so that's another that's good one. kind of practical joke I can get behind. Yeah. That was Simon Savage speaking for Liverpool Libraries. And now we're taking you downwards to the south, past London and down into Crawley. Crawley has this huge, incredible library that has trunks, like tree trunks that go through every floor and they have like quotes written on them from different books carved into the bark. It's so lovely, so I was really lucky to sit down with two absolutely incredible librarians there. I'm here in Crawley Library with Katie and Rebecca. Uh, They are some absolutely brilliant librarians. Thank you so much for having me, guys. You're very welcome. Thank (laughs) you for coming. Do you want to introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit about what made you want to become a librarian? Because it's kind of a very cool, very cool profession. I think. I'm kind of envious. (laughs) I think I might convert to librarianism. Is it called librarianism? (laughs) We could call it that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, hi, I'm Becca. So I started working in libraries when I was 15 and I was at school and I guess I've never left. I loved it so much that um, I sort of worked my way up on the job and qualified as a librarian. So I've been doing it for many years now. Wow, yeah, from a young age, an apprentice. Yeah, that's it. So yeah, I'm Katie um, and I work for the Books Reading and Engagement team with Becca here. Um, but I'm quite new to libraries. I've only been um, working in libraries for a couple of years and I've come from Waterstone. So oh. I've worked in books my whole career, but um, I've made the move. Made from, the crossover. Yes, from bookshops <laughs> to libraries. When I think about libraries, I'm always like, I, you know, I, I love them, I want to support them, but sometimes I'm a bit confused as to how or like what you guys like want the most or what, what does the best for you. How, if people want to support libraries, what do you think they have any... Like, are there any misconceptions people have about libraries or, or how how people who love books um, can, can get involved? Yeah, well, 
I think people can um, have a lot of misconceptions about libraries. I mean, certainly in West Sussex, we you buy all the latest books and the big releases, and we have them soon after they're published. Yeah. So um, people can come and get them, buy them for free. Immediately. Yeah. Immediately. <laughs> um, and our staff are such a wealth of knowledge, and they're so passionate about books and reading. Just come in and have a conversation with us mm. and let us recommend you a book. Um, but then we're a lot more than just books and reading but that's particularly what our sort of team and our role focuses on and um, so there are loads of ways you can engage with us um, you know just come into the library have a chat borrow a book use a computer bring your uh, baby to baby rhyme time come to our author event um, or use our sort of e-services our e-books e-audiobooks yeah, e-newspapers that you can borrow audio yeah books you know the common and... sort of excuses you know well, if I work you know nine to five and I have a big commute you don't actually need to physically come in the library to use us. You can join online and then you can borrow an e-book or an e-magazine and, and read it on your commute. Yeah, yeah. We've got e-newspapers, e-magazines, yeah. all kinds of products and stuff. And it is, yeah, completely free. And I think, you know, that's it's an obvious thing to say, but the yeah. best way that you can support libraries in this difficult climate is to use us and join your local library's mailing list, find out what events they've got on. There's probably a lot more going on than you might imagine. We've had some really big authors this we year. Have, and yeah. Um, you know, coming to those events and um, joining a local book group, or as you say, you know, if you've got a if you've got an elderly neighbour or relative who you think might like to come to one of our knit and natter sessions, or who would like home <laughs> visits, yeah. you know, home or visits games. where we bring books yeah. out to people in the community who maybe are isolated and can't come into the library, so we deliver books via volunteers to their homes, maybe have a chat about the books, and there's lots of different. I think pretty much. We have something for everyone, I'm and I sure think that's one of the do. things yeah. about libraries is that I know you interviewed um, Eric Kleinenberg, yes. um, who wrote Palaces for the People, mm -hmm. and I think he talks a lot about. He's a whole chapter on libraries. Yeah, and yeah. it's it's just brilliant because it's really about the rootedness of communities and that sort of third space where people can come together. Um, and all different generations and you know find something find a welcome um, spend some time in our you know with us um, yeah. and we were talking earlier about you know on the theme of Christmas if you get any unwanted Christmas yes. uh, books yeah. or you get a duplicate or you get a book that you've enjoyed and read once and you know we're always um, certainly in our library authority anyway happy to accept donations um, of uh, books so that's one way in which you could you could support us but generally I would say just use us, use us and in any way think about other people you that you know that might benefit from our services because we yeah we have so many different things available yeah, yeah. I like it was the palaces for the people it's like we've got a palace of books here guys <laughs> come yeah. in is there anything different about libraries at Christmas is there any kind of atmosphere that changes or different things that happen we have various different events that we do over Christmas um, so we've got um, an event at our Horsham Library coming up which is where we're looking back on our year of reading because we've just recently done a reading challenge across the year where we've oh, read wow. different books based on different prompts um, so we're kind of getting together to talk about which books we've enjoyed and which prompts sort of got us out of our comfort zone and that kind of thing um, and we do lots of um, extra stuff there'll be children's story times and that kind of thing and I think libraries at Christmas it's always good any school holidays then libraries yeah. are a good place for families to come where you don't have to spend any money and uh, yeah. you can have a little sanctuary away from the high street so um, and I think you know we we tend to stay open through most of the period so Christmas Eve and 27th and stuff because I think people that rely on libraries all year round still need us at this time of year and actually mm -hmm. um, 
it's a place of connection and a place that you know people can come to um, which is really important if they haven't got lots of family or, or a busy time at, at this time of year yeah yeah I also feel like as in shops, Christmas starts kind of like in September in libraries because you'll start seeing the requests coming in for, you know, knit the, nat- the nativity or design your own Christmas cards or Jamie Oliver's Christmas cookbook or Delia. Oh, people are already preparing. Yeah, so it's always interesting to see um, all those sort of new books coming in and seeing what people are requesting and, and using um, to make their Christmas special. I've certainly borrowed a Christmas cookbook. First year I made oh. Christmas dinner and <laughs> didn't know where yeah. to start. Yeah, we're a good place for audiobooks if you've got a long drive home to see family at Christmas. Yeah. Or, you know, there's lots of, um, yeah, lots of good uses for us. Different ways. Do you have to dig out some Christmas classics as well? Do people start borrowing a Christmas carol more often? Yes. Yeah. yeah, reading groups are going mad for a Christmas carol. Yeah. yeah. Um, and all the children's kind of Christmas stories and, you know, nativity books and all that kind of stuff as well. Yeah. And, you know, Mog's Christmas and oh, all the kind of, you know, classic, classic. children's yes. kind yeah. of Dear Santa and, you know, those those kind yeah. of books that you want to you do at bedtime with children at this time of year. Yeah. You guys have a, uh, one of your libraries is in a prison. Yes. Can you tell right. us yes. how that works? Yeah. So um, Ford um, Prison mm-hmm. um, uh, has a library, um, which is a really vibrant library, actually. And if you go there, it, it has the feel of a public library, yes. doesn't it? Um, some brilliant librarians working there who, you know, have a, a reading group. They do author events where we creative bring authors writing. into the yeah. um, library. The creative writing group's been really successful. Um, I think it was going to start for six weeks and then it became six months and it's still oh, going really? just as a <laughs> regular going. ongoing yeah. thing now. Um, and um, Terry Waite appeared earlier in the year, didn't he? Yeah, and they I had think some um, amazing author visits. Um, and also, um, I was fortunate enough to um, visit once. And the question I sort of wanted to ask was, you know, oh, do you censor books and what can they read and what yeah. can't? You know, do you not allow the prisoners to read? And they don't really. There are a very few things that they would they would censor. And so, the wealth of library books are, are available to them. And mm. and that environment is so sacred to them and mm. so precious um and it's i think it's kind of like a, a treat to be able to visit it and it's it's just a different kind of view on, on what a library on what a library is one of the things they do at ford which is really lovely is they've got a scheme where um prisoners read bed, uh, bedtime stories like picture book um, stories and get recorded and they get sent home um, oh, to their children so that they can listen oh, which is really yeah. lovely that's yeah. really nice um, and I think they recently did a workshop there where they created their own book and and, um, and then that was able to be to be sent home as well where they wrote and uh, mm-hmm. worked with um, a writer to kind of yeah. create some books so yeah it's really it's really valuable but I think that kind of um, ethos is, is a similar ethos to any library yes, in that definitely. it's a kind of um, non-judgmental welcoming space where um, yeah you kind of meet people at the level that they're at and try and, and work with them yeah. And of course, as promised, I picked our lovely. And of course, as promised, I picked our lovely librarians' brains about which books they are recommending for Christmas and which ones they'd like to get. 
pens and papers at the ready, you are not going to want to miss these recommendations. Or if you don't have a pen, that is also totally fine. I'm going to be leaving a list of their recommendations in the show notes of this episode. So I really, really want to read um, the new Bethan's Roberts, Bethan Roberts' Graceland, which mm. is all about Elvis. I love her writing and I've liked it for a long time. And that is the book where, I do this thing, I don't know if you get the same thing, where you love an author's work, so when the new one comes out, you get nervous. Yeah, like because you're like, like don't everything. Screw it yeah, up for me. and I think because it's about Elvis, and I don't necessarily love Elvis. I'm also a little bit like, oh, well, I'd be really interested. So there's that. <laughs> uh, well, so there's the new Chris Ware. Yeah, they're beautiful. I have a copy of Building Stories. I'm saying before you're we start recording, to touch it. we need to I, get you reading it. It's still in. It's like cellophane. <laughs> <laughs> it hasn't been opened, but he's got a new one that I really, really want to get to, which I think is about families and you said it was heartbreaking it is heartbreaking and I think um, for those of you who don't know Chris Ware makes these I want to say writes these books but he makes these books yeah. and they're they're really interactive they have lots of parts to them when you buy them you can take them apart and build them yourself that's why I've not done building stories it's, <laughs> it's too interactive I might lose a piece um, but it's a really cool if, if you know somebody who like probably has all the books then I bet they don't have this book yes uh, and then also if you know somebody who doesn't really like books or doesn't isn't really sure about them this is a completely new format and it's something a little bit different so that's yeah. a really good Christmas present actually yeah so that um, one I'm definitely for me I always um, when it gets a bit colder I kind of try and start reading kind of longer books I kind of think about ones that I'm like I've been meaning to read this all year and I haven't um, I kind of turn to a different kind of book are there any books that you're particularly recommending people at the moment or ones that you've loved this year that you're like you must read this um, I really loved um, Olive Again, um, the Elizabeth Strout um, oh, yeah. book, which is her follow-up to Olive Kitteridge, which came out um, some years ago now. But she's one of my favourite authors, and I think her really concise writing really has a big emotional punch and um, just really insightful and brilliant. Um, I've just started a starless, the Starless Sea, oh, yeah, um, which feels great. like one of those big Christmassy kind mm. of, like you say, big tomes that you can... And that's all about um, books and libraries as exactly well, Exactly right, so that's, that's completely... <laughs> Up my street. Um, non-fiction, Lowborn, Kerry Hudson's book was really brilliant, um, where she kind of goes back and looks at um, where she's um, come from and her sort of unflinching look at poverty. And um, and that, again, is another sort of library-related one, I suppose, yeah, because she very much yeah, yeah. spent a lot of time um, in libraries growing up and they were quite a lifeline. So, yeah, so they're some of the books I've yeah. enjoyed. And a bit late to the, uh, the sort of trend, but... Um, this is going to hurt, Adam Kay. Oh, yeah. um, it's been so heavily requested and so popular with our readers that I've finally got my hands on a copy. I always like to use the library if I can. Um, and I was reading it the other day and I just, I can't put it down. I'm laughing, I'm crying. Um, and then also over the summer, um, Leanne Moriarty's Nine um, Perfect Strangers. Um, it's, it's funny, but it's also heartbreaking. And it's amazing how you can get those two things into, into mm. one book. Um, and I love Leanne Moriarty, Moriarty anyway. Yeah. So yeah. I think Adam Kay has a Christmas book coming out. He, he does. Has. It's, it's called, on my Christmas list. Yes, yeah, the, the, yeah. the, the, the night shift, shift before, before Christmas. Christmas. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Well, that's so, on your Christmas list. It is. Do you have anything on your Christmas list, Katie? You're like, please, I want to find this book under the tree. <laughs> um, well, you can just borrow them from the library, so maybe you don't need to find it under <laughs> no, the no. tree. No, no, so it is always <laughs> nice. Like yeah. Still. Yeah. You yeah. sometimes feel like people don't yeah, necessarily think to, buy you, to yeah. buy you books, but you still 
Um, yeah, I'm actually, um, I'd like to read Expectation by Anna Hope. Um, that's had lots of really mm. great reviews and it's kind of up my street, kind of female friendship. And ah, was it good? Yeah, it's really yeah, good. kind of, you know, um, women kind of looking back on maybe the expectations of their 20s in their sort yeah. of 30s and 40s. So um, we've worked with her before um, on some events um, at West Sussex, but for her historical stuff. So I was kind of interested to see that she'd done a, a new contemporary novel. So yeah, that's one that I'm she's looking really forward clever. to. And I think it's nice to read stuff about. Um, the, the kind of heartbreak of female friendship as well I don't yes. think it really gets inspected in fiction yeah. as much as like it can be as heartbreaking as a, as a, ro- a romantic breakup or you know romantic kind of yes. um, friction between people yeah. is, is as heartbreaking as, as kind of platonic yeah. so it's really it's a, bit, a really good one it's a really big relationship in your life and I think I mean I haven't read it yet so you can tell me more <laughs> but um, we we'll have a book group about it yeah later. exactly <laughs> so to following that kind of friendship from when you're a child right through I know certainly my own personal kind of um sort of long-term friendships are some of the most important, you know, they're the most Definitely. important female. Like it's become family almost, don't you, I think, yeah. um, when you've known somebody for, and you've seen all the different, you know, ups and downs and been through all those life changes together. Yeah. And that's kind of, it is like a kind of Christmassy book, I think, because that's when I find my friendship groups from home is when I come home for Christmas and I yes. call up all my school yeah, friends exactly. and gather together and be like, oh, let me meet your baby, what's going on with you? Yeah, and everybody's kind of taken quite different, yeah. you know, different paths and, and yeah, but you're all still sat around that pub table that you might have been yeah. when you were sort of 17 or something. So that's a great so, one to read to compute that. Yeah. Thank you so much to our lovely library elves for taking part in this very cosy episode of the Vintage Podcast. If you've got some time off over the Christmas break, I encourage you to dip into our huge backlist of episodes. We've been going for seven years now, so there's quite a big Christmassy tub to dip your mind into and pick out the perfect author interview. If you enjoyed this podcast, tell us so. Um, Give us a review wherever you listen to podcasts or tweet us at Vintage Books or pop over to Instagram to visit us there at Vintage Books. Thank you so much for listening. I've been Lena Norms and until next time... 